to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Welcome back to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I have brought somebody in with me that I want to introduce you to, and that is Marty Rowley. Marty, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Trent. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. So a lot of people don't know that uh, you are, uh, you know, you've actually been in ministry for quite a long time. In fact, when you and I first met, um, it was at a church that actually that I got saved in. And it was it was uh, in 1990, probably 1994 that we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually have, were, have been very influential. In fact, you taught classes over there. You taught some uh, Sunday school classes and things. And I watched how you taught and studied the word. And it inspired me as I got older. I was like, okay, Marty, what is he doing? And uh, then you were a pastor, that, right, and I yeah. sat underneath you during yeah. that season. That's right. Um, and that was just, uh, it was anyway, so it's been, you've been very influential. Well, thank you, Trent. That means a lot to me because I have a lot of respect for you and your knowledge of the word and how well, you've advanced in that regard. Well, I appreciate that. Well, you've dramatically influenced me in there. Well, thanks. Well, so one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about, and you and I have had these conversations and I, I discussed it, um, and we kind of talked off offline about it, but it's just, is the Bible true? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when I preached, I'm going to see if I can get it right this time. Uh, you know, and I've said it on this particular podcast before that, you know, the only, I think I said it right this time, only 37% of pastors that are currently sitting in a pulpit right. have a biblical worldview. Yeah, well, that is an astounding number. Low, well, astoundingly low number. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's scary. And in yeah. fact, uh, I've, I didn't, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but uh, only 50% of evangelical pastors. That number really surprised me. It does me too. Yeah, and you have to wonder what is their worldview then if it's not based upon the Bible. You know, where are they getting their truth? Well, okay, and so that's really what it comes down to. Right. Um, you know, so the validity uh, of the word. Y'all have heard me say it a number of times on the podcast that the Bible is the infallible word of God. Um, and but there's two of the words that that uh, I have not mentioned that I'd like to begin with. And the first of those is it's the three eyes of the of the scripture, mm-hmm. and inspired, inerrant, and infallible. Right. Yeah. Now I'm always talking about the infallible word of God, um, and so when we're looking to scripture, you know, one of the very first scriptures that we ever look at is actually, you know, you mentioned it a minute ago, but Second Timothy right. three sixteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I have it on the screen, but it says, you know, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So here in a little bit, we're going to talk more about how to study the word, okay? Mm-hmm. But in that study, in that scripture, the, there's a word, that the inspired word of God. Mm-hmm. And that word is actually in Greek, you know, theonoptios. I can never get that right. Mm-hmm. Theonayastos or something like that. But right. anyway, it's the, basically there's the definition. It's the divinely breathed inspired mm-hmm. word of God. Right, right. And and so that's where I think people get, get sideways, okay, that the Bible— is first it's inspired mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah and it just to, to elaborate on that just a little bit you know it says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and a lot of people have the misconception that the 
writers themselves, the authors of the what, 60 books or whatever in, in the Bible, yep. that, that they were the ones that were inspired. And I believe God did call them, and I believe he did supernaturally impart his word to them. But the scripture itself is is what is inspired. Absolutely. Which gives me more uh, comfort in the fact that it is infallible, it is inerrant, you know, that, that it is uh, in, inspired as well. So that's well, one way to look at that. And so the, you know, so if we're looking at, you know, several different scriptures, one of them that I saw that, that, that one of the scriptures that I think is important is Second Peter uh, 1, 20 21, and, you know, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. So that's what you're talking right, about. Right, exactly. So this is inspired by God. It's, it's, it's God breathed mm-hmm. on these men. Right. Right. who wrote the scriptures. And so, yeah. and, and if I might interrupt, absolutely. a couple, couple of uh, observations in that regard. You know, um, there are three or four different, even among Christian circles, perspectives or viewpoints as to whether the Bible was inspired, the men were inspired, uh, whether they were just giving eyewitness accounts, yeah. how all that works. I have always ascribed to to the perspective that said, God supernaturally selected individuals that he called to provide scripture to provide a book okay. a book or books yep. of the bible so he he moved upon them that's what that scripture just said god moved upon them but then in addition to that i believe he supernaturally also made sure that what they were writing was infallible and accurate in other words uh it's not just the fact that that god said Okay, here's what I want you to write. He moved on them, and then through the whole process, I believe even through the translation process. I do too. Yeah, that he made sure that his word remained true in every respect. Well, so it's kind of interesting. So you mentioned, you know, there's there's a total in the, what we generally talk in America, the canonized books, uh, or there's 66. Right. The, yeah. Then the Catholics have 73. Right, exactly. Okay, the Orthodox Ethiopian Church, I think, has 72. I mean, it, it gets confusing. Yeah. So, I mean, only reason I know this, I've recently studied some of this. Okay. Yeah. So, um, part of that is you're talking about the inerrant, okay, infallible word of God. You talked right. about God breathed on the translators. And, you know, I'm always trying to give, you know, people different books to mm-hmm. read, you know, so online or one I'm, I'm reading now, actually a friend of mine uh, re- recommended it. It's called Tried by Fire. I think William Bennett, mm-hmm. I think is the, uh, is the author. And I'm, I'm gonna, not going to lie. It's it's more of a technical read. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So I mean, which is right up your alley, by the way. <laughs> it is. It is up my alley. It's it's a very technical read. Yeah. Um, and so it requires you to really stop and think. You will not just read this like you're reading Lord of the Rings. Right. Okay. <laughs> but it really, if you're interested in learning about the scripture and the early church, where the text came from, how it was canonized, mm-hmm. and all the different people that it, it came to that decision. Right. Right. It's actually a good book to kind of read. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we'll we'll talk a little bit more on some of the other contexts later, but I think it's important what we believe, you know, about God and the Bible are intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly right. You cannot separate the two. Well, John said, "In the beginning was the Word. The Word, word was, was with John God. 1, and the Word's God." Right, and he right. was, you know, talking about Jesus as the incarnation of the Word. So that's exactly right. So yeah. I think that's where we get messed up. You know, we we live in times, um, you know, that uh, you know. Okay, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this, but I think we can have a little more freedom in this forum right here. But right. that is the church I grew up in. You know, um, truth is, is I didn't even know what salvation was until I ended up at the Assembly of God Church, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in 1994. Right. Um, but I grew up in a church, 
And I, I didn't know what it was. I never heard anybody ever say, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Right. Oh, goodness. It's a yeah. personal <laughs> I never heard anybody say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I feel like theologically, and there were some things I did not agree with theologically, even as a kid. Mm-hmm. And just for the record, I mean, I was definitely not some theologian. I was an ornery, always in trouble <laughs> kid. Right. Um, you know, if, if you knew me, Marty knew me fairly early I on. I did Trent very well. So we're yeah. not going to talk about too much of that. Yeah, you, you, were, you were a kid like most, most kids are. That's right. Um, but... <laughs> The thing was, is even as a kid, I, I, there were things that didn't seem right to me. Right, right. Okay, well, these same churches now, they've invited in the LGBT, I, I don't even know all the, right, all okay, the, all the alphabet the stuff. Yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> even know what they all are. Yeah. But here's, here's the problem and where everybody gets sideways, okay? Mm-hmm. Do I agree with, LGBT, with, with homosexuality? No, I don't. Right. No, not right. at all, okay? But, right. but God loves these people. And I think that's where everybody gets sideways. Yeah. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because this particular group, okay, because people, nobody wants to be, think about the racist, right? right? Nobody right. wants to be, you know, mean to people saying, that, hey, I, I don't like you because of this or whatever. Right. We can love people but not like what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, yeah, we can love their heart, love their soul, but then look at their conduct and say well, that's not not in accordance with biblical principles. Okay. Well, that that's, that's, that's the point yeah. that I was trying to make. Yeah. It is so these groups, okay, have then. I don't know if you're aware of this. There's now, I mean, nothing blows, but there's homosexual devotions, there's the gay yeah. Bible. Yeah. And, and basically, it's just they have taken the word apart and taking the things out of it. Right. Right. Specifically, they, they hate pretty much anything Paul wrote. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because he was pretty strong about the word governing your conduct. Right. And the consequences of not doing that. Specifically, yeah. think yeah. about Romans yeah. chapter one, yeah. chapter two. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so what happens is I think that as pastors, mm-hmm. okay, we all have, we have different gifts. Now the prophets, I mean, they have, they have no problem just telling you what they think. Right. Yeah. But a pastor heart, okay. doesn't want to wound people. Mm-hmm. And if not properly equipped, I think just then they, they give way to culture. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's why I think you have these mega pastors saying that I'm just going to take the whole Old Testament and just throw it away. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay, so. And, and miss out on so many truths of what God intended for us to know and understand and to govern our conduct. I mean, you know, if you ask me about, Marty, what is it about the word that, that impacts me? It's the fact that experientially, just in my life for, what, probably 40 years now, I guess. What long? 50 years, something like that. You know, that, that I've read the word and it's ministered to me and it's given me guidance. Yeah. It's given me direction. It's given me wisdom just in, as an attorney, as, as a lawyer, as a dad. And, and that's an impartation that the, the word of God has given to me that allows me to say, it's certainly true to me, certainly been true in my life. And, and the guidance and direction I've received from it has significantly impacted me in, in a beneficial way all my life. So that's part of it. Well, I can't imagine life. I say this to, to Brandy. We'll talk about it. I can't imagine um, living your life without Jesus. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So if I can't imagine living my life without Jesus, I can't imagine living my life without the Word. Right, right. The Word because comforts. It is about Him. <laughs> that's, 100% that's of it. From, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I mean, right. and, and, and what's kind of fun, and some of the stuff we may talk about when we talk about how to study the Bible, but just Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Right. It, it, he was prophesying over the Messiah 700 years before he was born. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and, and this is, I think, 
something that you were mentioning earlier that I'd like you to touch on, and that is, yes, we're looking to the Bible to, to prove itself and all these things, okay? Mm-hmm. But you, you made a statement about outside sources verifying Scripture. Sure, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and so, um, you know, circular reasoning, logical, you know, infallibility, infall- logic, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, if we say, okay, the Bible's true because the Bible says this, then we're subject to criticism from secular sources, right? Yeah. But if you step back and you judge the Bible in the same way that you would judge any other historical writing, then the Bible stands up. And, and there's a number of reasons for that. One is just longevity. I mean, the Bible has been in existence essentially in this form since about 300 A.D. Yeah. I mean, the canonical scriptures, Council of Nicaea, Council of Rome, all those times when they were, they were meeting together and say, okay, what's going to be in our Bible? That was 300 A.D. Well, and not only that, on that 300 A.D., what a lot of people don't realize is also the Septuagint was being written, mm-hmm. okay? So the Septuagint, yeah. if you're not familiar with it, is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Right, right. Okay, so um, the thing that's interesting about that, these same scholars, these, so these are not just people that are willy-nilly, you know, I mean, yeah. these are deep Hebrew-based, right. you know, <laughs> you know, theologians yeah. that, that are working on this. And as you mentioned a while ago, God breathed right. on them. Exactly right. And I think as, an, as a result of, of that council, of them getting together, and there's some question as to which council decided what. But whatever, we know that in 300 A.D., essentially the Bible as we know it today came into existence. Yeah. And so for all of those years, up until 2022, it has continued to maintain an influence, a viability, uh, just a power that no other historical writing can even begin to to counter. And so I think longevity is one of the things you look at. Well, longevity in statistics. Um, so there's a, a number of different people. There's one, well, obviously many of you may have heard of the case for Christ. Um, you know, Lee Strobel, I believe mm-hmm. is his yeah, name yeah, yeah. and his, his story. And really he was just, I'm going to go prove the, the scripture wrong. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. And so what, yeah. ha- what he found is he took a journalistic approach mm-hmm. um, to the scripture and he, he went with the intent, with a mindset already thinking it was not true. Right. Um, and the evidence reveals itself. That's exactly right. In fact, yeah. I believe it's in Jeremiah. I, can't, I always get it backwards, 23, 29. But it says that if you seek after God with your whole heart, you'll find him. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you try, if you seek after Scripture with your whole heart, with your whole mind, if you pursue it, yeah. it, it will reveal itself to you. I think that's right. And, and I would point to a Scripture that supports that, which would be Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12. The, the word of God is living. It's powerful. Yes. It, it's able to pierce the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. Yeah. You know, and I, I think there's a living aspect, and, and Scripture supports this. There's a power, a dynamic that exists within the word itself that will penetrate into the, into the very depths of our hearts. Absolutely. And so when Lee Strobel went to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to, with all my heart, I'm going to pursue this. God said, okay, get ready because you're handling a pretty potent weapon when you do that. And, well, and now he's written the case for the creator that, you know, all, all these other, uh, you know, books that have just supported the fact that the Bible is true. There's another guy that uh, I ran across recently and he was actually, uh, he's not a priest, not a pastor, not a theologian. Actually, he wrote a book called dying to meet Jesus. Hmm. He, uh, he was in an, uh, an accident and died. Oh, wow. And he had an encounter with Christ. But the book that he wrote, I, so I expected the book to be more about his encounter with Jesus, um, the, the after, you know, the, the near death part, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the things that he experienced in heaven, okay? And, and really, honestly, maybe that was 
two percent. Mm-hmm. The rest came down to his because if you encounter Jesus and you you and you have that experience, you think, well, hey, the rest of your life's going to be easy, right? Right. And it yeah. wasn't at all for no. him. It was very difficult. Yeah. And but before he came to Christ, before that encounter, okay, he was uh, a, what he called the devout atheist. Mm. And so he, when he was in college, he convinced us, you know, you had mainframes and some things of that. But he, he convinced some, some computer programmer buddies to write a program and to take the scripture, okay, and to feed it into this and statistically see archaeologically um, through all different types of historical evidences and things really? like that, how much they could prove or disprove. Huh. And yeah. they did the same thing with, you know, the, the um, you know, the Quran and all these different in biblical texts. Okay. Right, right. Those all, you know, contradicted and fell away extremely quickly. Huh, the yeah. only one that stood, I mean, it, it just, you, you couldn't penetrate. Was the Bible. Was the Bible. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's a, another outside evidence, outside source that you look to. And that is if you consider the fact that the 66 books of the Bible of our, our canonical scriptures anyway, were, were written by, Anywhere from thirty-five to forty different people, you know, kind of depends on. I think, who, yeah, it kind of depends yeah. on. But let's we'll, we'll say on the upper end, 40, yeah. 40 people, roughly. Yeah, roughly forty people, and there is an internal consistency and cohesion about the Bible from Genesis, you know, the first five books written by Moses, all the way to Revelation, you know, John the the Revelator. That's exactly right. And there is a a consistency and cohesion about the message about the, the tenor, about the entire um, uh, perspective that the Bible brings that's consistent through all those 40, 40 authors over a 1,500-year period. 1,500 years yeah. in three yeah. languages. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's exactly right. And so that in and of itself, I mean, if you're just a skeptic, a critic, and you're, you're stepping back, you're going, okay, I'm going to look at all the possible reasons why the Bible is not true. You, you can't ignore those kinds of facts. Archaeologically, you talked about that. You know, the cohesion, the consistency, the longevity. I mean, those are all reasons why you have to say it's a historical writing yeah. that must be true. Well, and that's really where some other religions um, get really torn up. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm not here to attack any religion, but Mormonism, okay? They mm-hmm. tacked on, you know, the you know the Book of Mormon saying that John Smith had— Encounters and all stuff here. There's mm-hmm. zero evidence. In fact, that if you so that the, the, what they say is that the Bible, uh, you can't trust the Bible because it was corrupted. And so, and the reason they said that, which there was no evidence to it, it was just what John Smith said to them. Right. Okay. But the, the way they tried to reason with this was that okay, well, the the scripture was copied over year after year after year after year by person by person by person and became watered down. Well, technically, that's not even possible if you think about everything you just said, right? Because right. it's written over fifteen hundred year span, mm-hmm. okay, with forty dif- different authors, right? And the canonization didn't even happen until the three hundreds, right? Exactly. Okay, so yeah. but, but more than that, it was um, you had a huge, you know, just explosion of the church, right? Okay, mm-hmm. in the early, you know, the you know the early part of the. Turn of the century, yeah, right? But yeah. And it's tons of texts. Well, then what happens? The Dead Sea Scrolls and all these other ancient texts that have come out, yeah. they, they validate exactly. It's never changed. It's never yeah, wavered. Very little variance between, you know, the different, the different manuscripts, that, that the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Masoretic texts. I mean, yeah. all these other uh, sources that have now been found, there's very little divergence between them and so yeah, so that that's just more evidence it is that's exactly right so i I, th- I feel like we could keep going on this um you know but listen i think that it's important i mean if you're listening you just and you're not really sure how where exactly you stand 
on whether you believe the Bible is true or not. That's the first thing that you need to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you can say that I, I, you know, I'll believe this part, not that part. Well, if that's your mentality and that's your thoughts, right. uh, your thought process, my first encouragement is you need to get that straight. Because mm-hmm. if you say that you have a hard time interpreting, you know, what the Bible says, well, mm-hmm. that's the first problem. Right. Right. That's exactly. So right. I would encourage you that. So, so to that point, um, you know, I want to really hit on and talk about how to study scripture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I have spoken to a number of people even recently that have come up to me and they say, I just want, well, for one, I can't, I just have a hard time memorizing text. And I, I have some thoughts to that. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to just pop it, you know, but that comes later. Right. Right. That's because, exactly right. Because whenever you begin to truly pursue God and understand the word, it knits itself, it, it, it mends itself, it actually sears itself or, mm-hmm. you know, in your spirit. Right. And right. so it's there when yeah. you need it. Well, plus Jesus also says, I will bring to your remembrance those things that I said to you. Exactly. That's yes. Yeah, that's exactly followers. right. And so I think there's a supernatural aspect to that as well, that when you've read a passage of scripture and meditated on it, I mean, truly thought about it, Yes. then the Lord will bring that to your remembrance at the point in time when you need it. I think and that's that, the Holy Spirit. Doing it, it is, and it happens to me. Right. Um, you know, yeah. you know, honestly, where it generally happens is when I'm preaching or if I'm, <laughs> you know, teaching, especially preaching, but with like even yeah. um, recently, I was uh, officiating a wedding in a church that, yeah. you know, recently called uh, Israel's an apartheid state. But anyway, uh, that, <laughs> okay. that particular church required the pastor to stand there. Now, she opened and basically said, you know, when two yeah. people married and I quickly corrected that. And then I did, I did the whole service Yeah, and, and but she just had to stand there. And I was right. like, but I, I quickly is like, and, and so in that moment, mm-hmm. God began to bring to my mind, you know, exactly that, this scripture, right. this scripture, what do you say right. about marriage? What do you say about how he created God and, yeah. you know, I mean, created man and woman, right? you know, uh, just the, the covenant. <clears throat> anyway, all these things began to rise up. So right. where that came from was, and so I got off my notes a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But naturally. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. Or I said supernaturally. I supernaturally. Said. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think what I think a lot of people don't even know where to start. So like if you're going to tell somebody, okay, yeah. you're, you're, you're just now really wanting to learn how to study the word mm-hmm. um, and get into what would you recommend? Well, you know, I, I think uh, the first, first place you go, and a lot of people say, go to the book of John, the gospel of John, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, but I also, I, I believe John has a little, uh, it's a little more difficult to grasp just for a, a new a new person. I think it can be I, I too. Would, yeah. I would I would actually go to the Book of Mark, and that's just kind of it's a it's a much shorter it's it's a shorter little it, little book. It's um, I, I consider it just full of gems. You know these these different events that happened, uh, and and you know and Mark I believe was inspired and he was essentially an eyewitness. You know he, he was he used, yeah. used Peter essentially as his source, and so he's writing all of these things about Jesus. And so if I'm, if I'm talking about, okay, I, I want to begin to study the word, I think there's two aspects of it. One is you just begin to read it. And when, you, when you, you're reading a passage or a verse or even just a phrase there that, that jumps out at you, because I believe that's what the word does, that will minister to you at the point in time where you are right there. Mm-hmm. And as you begin to look at that, you meditate on it, you think about it, you pray about it, and then you can you can just being a little more technical you can you can um, chain reference they're called chain references and you'll see in your Bible most every Bible will have like a little A beside mm-hmm. a, a phrase or a little B and then it will give you two or three other scriptures 
that that relate to that. Yeah, it may be a quote from the Old Testament. It might be you know another. It might be a Pauline or a, you know a Paul letter. Something about it, and just you just follow that through. It's called a chain, yeah. chain reference, a chain reference Bible, and you just begin to follow that chain, and it it just the word just opens up when you do that. I mean, you'll you'll see. Oh, okay. Well, like Jesus would said something. Uh, you know, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, yes. for example. And then you'll see a little A there, and you'll go look, and you'll see that he was referencing something that I was, as Isaiah said about the Messiah, you know, about rest. Yes. And then, and then it will also take you over to, to Hebrews, where it says, there is now a Sabbath rest for the children of God. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's just... It, 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 I believe that, that the, the Bible has layers that we can never completely plumb its depths. I think we can, we can get it at its surface level, you know, come unto me if you're, if you're weary. And then you can, you can go to the next level and say, and I will give you rest. What does rest mean? Well, it helps me sleep at night, but it's also coming into the fullness of his promises. Yeah, that's good. Everything that he's made available. It's just, you know, the promised land was essentially a, a picture of that. And so, so, one one thing that I like to do is just, and I do it now, even you know, at this point in my life, I'll just follow those chain references. Out, I do too, and do you too. can and you can see all kinds of great stuff out of there. Well, so <clears throat> I think another thing that would help is grabbing a study Bible. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so a lot of times I think people start start at deficit almost because mm -hmm. they're reading, you know, a pastor's Bible or mm -hmm. a King James version. Oh, okay, yeah. so so. <laughs> Okay, let's get on that point. There's some yeah. people that will go nuts if you say anything about any Bible <laughs> translation other than King James. Let me go right. ahead and say, we could do. I can do a whole thing. King James. Whenever they put those, that group together, I believe that was a God-breathed group of people too. Sure. There were 54 scholars. They right. broke them into three distinct groups. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's an incredible story if you ever want to research how yeah. the texts were formed. Okay, and it's right. good and it's yeah. reliable. Yes. Right. Okay. Most of the other scriptures, though, okay, you know, the translations, especially, so what I generally read is New King James. Right, that's, me too. That, that's that's my, the one I use, always have. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. You know, I'm I mean, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, I'm used to it as well. It's, yeah. it's based off of the original, you know, right. King James translation text and right. so forth. Okay, so without getting too deep, too technical, if you can only read the message, and that's the only thing that comes in. Go for it. Yeah, read, read it. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's right. You know, the Passion yeah. Translation, if that's what speaks to you, and that's the only thing that you yeah. can read where you're not getting confused with right. language. Yeah, yeah. That's do fine. that. Yeah, exactly. I think there's two phases. The first phase is read. Right. Don't, don't, don't even try to, just sometimes what I'll do, and this is me every day still. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a tendency to want to study. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and, and I'm I'm sure you struggle yeah, there too. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. And you, and then the next yeah. thing I know, you know, I've got, yeah. and it's okay to do that. Right. But I think where we miss it, especially when you're starting, just read it and yeah. don't feel like you have yeah. to understand everything. Right. Right. Don't feel like you have to read a ton. Yeah. I, I if you just read a chapter a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that's where you start, and all you're doing is a chapter. Sometimes I get busy and I'm just doing a chapter a day. Right. And 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 then when I really sit down and start studying, yeah, that's a different conversation. Time yeah. just goes. Yeah, goes yeah. That's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So get a study Bible. Right. And and you know and, and on those versions, you know, we can debate it all day. But but I've I've more recently began to look at the English Standard Version, the ESV. You know, I've looked at it a little bit lately in too. A yeah. And a study Bible. 
And that's a pretty good, pretty good combination. There. Yeah, 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 I like it pretty well. But New King James is always my go-to because I memorized scripture out of that. Yeah, that, so well, I can go find the word. I've caught myself, you yeah. know. So it's <laughs> yeah. interesting, you know, if, when you look at the, you know. Uh, the synoptic gospels and you know which translation and, and the, so you take the synoptic gospels yeah. combine them with the translation you say recite the lord's prayer it yeah. comes out different depending exactly. on any of those combinations <laughs> you know exactly right yeah. um so the other thing that i would tell you is in a study bible sometimes it'll give you contextual reference right okay right. so if i were to explain to you i mean golly can you imagine somebody from you know the first century AD trying to understand our culture and society now right yeah. you know we're talking yeah. about some kind of rapper and this and that i mean they, yeah. they could they, yeah, a wrapping of what? Rapping, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they could yeah. so, so sometimes we get stuck in that same loop mm -hmm. uh, reading the word. Right. So it, they'll have a little context. They will, going on, for example, um, Dionysus was a, a, a cult, okay, around right. the time. And so right. Paul and the early church, they were fighting against all these different cults and these, right. uh, you know, false doctrines being intertwined with, you know, Jesus, the truth, and yeah. these other cults, which Dionysus, I mean, I think, you know, the, they produced false, you know, spirituality through drunkenness. Right. And, right. and so Paul yeah. was speaking specifically to these things. Well, when you're reading some of the text and he's, been, he, he's going off on some of this. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Why yeah. are you doing that? Yeah. Well, when you understand that, oh, well, this is what was going on right. in this period. Right. It, it helps you understand. Well, yeah. And, you know, th this is, the Bible is a Jewish, uh, a Jewish source. I mean, you know. Source, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. Yeah, it's talking about Jewish people. It's Jesus was a Jew. He's a Jew. Yeah. yeah, and and a lot of the idioms, you know, the sayings that they used, had a particular you know meaning at that time. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's important to know that. And, and that's why I'll go to a commentator as well. Yeah. In fact, I've got several commentators. I've got real old PC study Bible software. <laughs> yeah. You can't even reproduce it now. I don't think. But you know, you can you can go to Adam Clark. You can go to you know a lot of different. Um, commentators that will give you a little more of an understanding about things if you want to study to that depth. And it'll say that uh, you 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 find something that um, interests you, and that's what I generally try to recommend. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the guys that you know they're like, man, the Bible's boring. I'm like, dude, oh, in the Bible, yeah. there's 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 everything that you can talk about. They're supposed to make a good movie. Right. All right. Fighting, war, battles. Yeah. You know, sex. sex yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. well, all this stuff is there. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, right. it's all there. Yeah. And so. Yeah. I'll begin to talk to him. I said, well, have you ever heard about David's mighty men? Mm -hmm. And i well, yeah, I mean, maybe. I said, did you know that one of these men, just one, he, he the whole, the, so the Philistine army, they're coming, you know, the, the, the Israeli, the Israel, Israelite yeah. army, they were running the other direction. This right. one man went out there, stood in the middle of a field of lentils. He killed 800 men by himself right. Right. to the point where his sword, sword was stuck to, to his hand. hand. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these are stories <laughs> that begin to tap yeah. your interest, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you find something that interests you, Okay, in the scripture, yeah, exactly. you begin to like, okay, and so you start peeling it a little bit more away. Yeah, Who exactly were these right. people? Yeah. And, you know, uh, you may not realize, know this, but the, David's mighty men, they were the rejects of Saul. They were. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, you know? And became the, essentially became the, the most important men in his kingdom. Whenever they he absolutely, came into, his, into the, the realm that he was And there's, there's a lot there yeah. because, okay, how do, you, how do you influence in somebody's mind change so drastically? Right. I mean, so there, my point is, is that you pick a topic, you can pull yeah. a thread, yeah. and you can find something you're interested in. Right.
If you're one of those people that says, well, I don't think, you know, they can fit all those animals on the ark. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, I've got some stuff for you there that's really neat. Yeah. It's, they didn't have every species of every animal. They had every, I believe, you know, Ken Ham is a great, you know, resource on some of this, but they had every kind. And, and when you begin to really research it, yeah, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. This happened. Yeah, exactly. That's true. You know, and, and another uh, kind of tool that I use that, that I think people miss sometimes, and it depends on what it is that you're trying to study. I mean, and so, so many times... Uh, I'll, I'll have a topic. I'll have a, a subject that I want to look at. Worry, you know, for example, fear, whatever, things like that. And, and I don't think, uh, I think everyone should come equipped with a good concordance, mm -hmm. you know. and you most, might, Well, you might explain what that yeah, is. Yeah, well, concordance, and, and a lot of times it's in the back of your Bible. It'll be in at least a part of it, yeah. yeah. One, but the, the big one is Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, yeah. and which is about that thick. Uh, but essentially what it is, is it will list every word uh, and mostly every significant word, and then it will give you the scripture reference where those words appear. And so if, for example, I'm, I'm studying about worry or discouragement or depression or, you know, any number of things, yeah. marriage, I mean, just pick something, then you can go look up that word in a concordance and it will show you all the scriptures where that word appears. And then you go, of course, look at those scriptures, and it gives you kind of an overall perspective about that particular topic. It also and, will tell you, just like the the Greek word I just butchered at the beginning of this you know this episode. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it wrong every time I try to say it. <laughs> yeah. They they have pronunciation stuff on there. I'm just stupid. I can't say it. But anyway, yeah. but they have, for example, if let's say that you're a phone person. Yeah, yeah. Now I personally, when I read my Bible, I don't like to read my phone. Now I use yeah. it for a reference. But you can download a free app. I'm trying to look and see what it was. There's one uh, that he's. It's, a, it's just called, you know, Bible Study. Mm -hmm. uh, it has a purple title, and really, when you don't, it's it's a concordance, right? And you can just go to the scripture, just like you would anything else, and it'll begin to give you, yeah, those, what is, exactly yeah, what you're saying. What does the Bible say about money? You know, and so you look and and you see all these different scriptures where the word money appears, or finance, or you know, any any number, mammon you know, wealth, you just begin to look those up and, and you're able to, to see uh, kind of the global teaching, but also the specific teaching that the Bible has on those topics. So I think that, you know, the, the last thing I would go is <clears throat> helping people comprehend um, scripture. Okay. The, 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 so we've talked about study Bibles. We've talked about concordances. If you don't understand it, how do you, so how do you and I, when we're doing research, how do right. we know that a resource, when we're trying to find some context or understanding to scripture, that those resources are trustworthy? You know, that's a great question. And it's like any other, any other determination you make about credibility. You know, I yeah. think you look, you look at the, the author, of course, you look at whether or not it stood the test of time, these commentators and and they come and go. I always look at their background, you know, just mm -hmm. to see, okay, from what denomination, what, you know, uh, seminary, where did they come from? All of those are, are areas that I look at. But for me, it's mostly just kind of test test the, the word. Test, the, test it and see. Yeah, test the spirit. And I'll say, do that too. Okay, yeah. I think that also Jesus, you know, talked about you'll they, that you'll know, know them by their fruit. By their yeah. fruit. Yeah, and so... Right. I think that a lot of times whenever I'm evaluating something, I'll pick, especially if you're any controversial topic, right. I'm looking to see if the culture is bleeding into their thought process. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, also, I mean, don't just relegate yourself to a single source. No. I mean. In fact, that can be dangerous. I'm, yeah. I recommend don't doing that. Right. If I'm, if I'm studying, and this one I'll Google, 
you know, go to Google and, and look at all the different uh, authors or, or commentators on those particular areas and look at several of them. And you'll begin to see kind of what the majority thinks. You'll see a little bit of, you know, extraneous stuff. But, but ultimately, you get a pretty good idea of, okay, this, this is, is what is probably the, the truth here in this situation. So. Well, I think to, to the one last thing that I think we talk about just is, okay, is uh, if you don't understand, uh, you know, the scripture, first understand it. Then if you find something, begin to memorize scripture. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, if memorizing scripture sometimes first without understanding it, right. it might be confusing, but but this is a topic that comes up a lot with people ask me, how do you right. memorize scripture? And honestly, yes, there have been times where I will sit there and I will take a scripture. I'm sure everybody's gotten something for Christmas, right. you know, scripture a day, like that's going to work. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll look at it in the middle of summer. I'm still in January. Right. Um, right. What has worked for me and I, I'd like to know what works for you, but yeah. what has always worked for me is just truthfully is whenever I'm studying or if I'm dealing with a topic or if I'm dealing with right. struggle in my life, a scripture falls into my lap or several scriptures fall into my lap. Right. And, I, and the ones that I end up quoting all the times are not ones that I sat there working hard to memorize. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because again, I think the Lord brings it to your remembrance, but I'll tell you my scripture memorization story. Uh, it was in 1984. Cindy and I were really kind of coming back to the Lord. We had during our college years, we were Christians growing up college years. We got a little wild and crazy. Yeah, um, I understand. But, but anyway, first assembly of God, 1984, and uh, we started a Navigator 2-7 series. Right. And that was a particular, it was a, a curriculum. It was um, 12 six-week, or six 12-week courses. So six, you went, my goodness, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a serious. 72, 72 weeks. And you went through the, you went through the, the background or, or, you know, through the, the book. But there were also uh, scripture memory verses that you memorized word perfect or you didn't get to go on to, to the, the next, next to the next chapter one. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. It's kind of like a progressive thing. And so Cindy and I wound up memorizing 72 scriptures, you know, verbatim. And, and not only could you had to quote the scripture, you also had to quote the reference so that you could know that's actually when, when to go find it. Yeah. And so, and it was categorized, of course, it was assurance of salvation, you know, was one set of them. And then, you know, the bridge illustration and all those different things. Probably a Roman road in there yeah, somewhere. Roman road, that's exactly right. But, but that helped me to kind of start the basis of my memorization. And then after that, you know, as scriptures, you read the word and it just, oh, that's something that, that you, you, you want to impart or you want to embed. And so that's kind of what how I do it as well. But we well, seventy two of them. That, that's little, that's impressive. Packet, yeah. That's so, impressive. Navigators two seven. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. So some of the stuff that I've like, it's things that will stand out to me. I, you know, the the prayer of David. Uh, it's actually a Psalm fifty one. Whenever he. Well, he, he killed Uriah, one of his right. mighty men, um, yeah. and that's where everybody knows the story of Bathsheba and so forth. But anyway, uh, whenever he was laying before God, he said, created me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. Right. I thought that was just so well said. Um, the way he, and, and there's obviously much more to that scripture, but yeah. w it, it was something that spoke to me in a, start, in a season I was going through. Yeah, yeah. And that's many times what will sear it on your heart. Right, that's exactly right. And one more point. We may be out of time. No, but, but we, just, we, that's, that's a beautiful podcast. We have as much time we, we want. Time. Good, okay. Well, and, and, and you're, you're speaking of the, about scripture ministering to you and the Lord ministering to you. I've had this happen over and over again out of the word. You know, I will be uh, praying about something. I'll be disappointed distressed about something I had a mm -hmm. case it's probably been about six or eight months ago that it kind of thought had gone sideways wound up the 
Lord redeemed everything. But I was just I was just in anguish, literally, about it. And I'm sitting there in my study, and I'm just praying. And, and the Lord just says, Marty, go to Psalm 139. Mm, that's good. And I'm, so I, you know, I, I know basically Psalm 139. I go, I look at it, and and there's a there's a scripture in in verse eight. I think that's what it is. I better make sure my notes. But anyway, there, there's a scripture, uh, 138. Sorry, 138 verse eight says, "The Lord will perfect that which concerns you." Mm, that's good. Yeah. And so I'm just going, what? And so I mean I'm <laughs> in anguish about this. Lord says, "Go to Psalm 138." I look, and the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. And I started studying that what concerns you. You know, and it's it is that that idea of oh, it's mentally perplexing to you and worrisome to you. But there's also an aspect of it that says, um, the, what concerns the Lord about you. In other words, you know, He wants me to be free from that worry. He yeah. wants me to trust Him. So one of the things that concerns me is my ability to trust Him. And so I just kind of studied that that out. And not only did it minister to me, you know, it kind of taught me something about the Lord. But he just gave me that scripture. Go to one I love it when he does that. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, one that came to me, and then we'll, we'll start to wrap up. But, yeah. you know, so it, uh, about a year and a half ago, we were hacked. Oh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it was a, a dark, dark day. It was, it was I, you know, I'd say it was the hardest thing I ever went through. Right. You know, I mean, praise the Lord, we had some resources and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so it could have been worse, but yeah. um, it, it was dark. I mean, and I, it was on me. I had to make sure. But God, there's certain sets of servers and racks and everything else that they didn't ever get to. And in Zechariah, it says that God is a wall of fire. Now, he was speaking that God said he would be a wall of fire firewall around Jerusalem, okay? <laughs> yeah, but to yeah. me, if you don't know about computers, a yeah. firewall yeah. is what protects you or protects your network from intruders. Right. Well, God truly was that wall of fire, that firewall That's cool. from yeah. a technical perspective. Yeah. And so yeah. it's interesting, yeah. So God, that's the thing. I mean, in, in that particular one, just for the reference, um, until I read that, I'd never remembered ever seeing that. And, yeah. and, and God directed me. Uh, in that area. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think that it's important. I mean, just find a way to begin to study. Just do something with the Word. Right, exactly. Doing something is better than nothing. Right. And if you don't have any other ideas, take the book of Proverbs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's one for every day of the, of the month. Yeah, exactly. And if, that's how, and if that's how you get started, at least you'll be started. Yeah. Well, Marty, I, thank you for coming oh, and Trent, being a part Thanks of for the invitation. And this is fun. We could yeah. keep going, but uh, we're going to have Marty back. Actually, uh, on our next episode, we're going to be talking about something pretty deep and interesting, and he's the perfect guy to put it together for us. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.